0: Let's rock and roll it. The weekend is upon us, and so is the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you with us as we make it through another week, and the weather continues to get nicer, very pleasant, very temperate outside. Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal, Northern
1: Michigan Hockey beat writer in studio with me. What's up, Ryan? I'm doing all right. It's uh, the weather. uh, It's been, (laughs) it's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, bitterly cold, no, you know? It's pretty like, good. Yeah, the wind yesterday at the track meet got kind of brutal. Uh, you don't, sh- don't usually see uh, track athletes being wearing hoodies <laughs> and cowering, like, together under blankets. It's not a common <laughs> occurrence, but uh, that was the case yesterday.
0: Uh, that was a big day for uh, Ishpeming kids did well. Westwood's
1: done well, it looked like. Uh, Westwood, uh, the boys won their meet yesterday. Uh, they did really well. Um qualified a lot of guys uh, Nagani girls won their meet they qualified quite a few people Emily Papori and uh, um, Chloe Norman had huge days they got all the wins for Nagani in that <laughs> meet it was it, they're two pretty impressive athletes and then uh, Ishman did well in uh, their meet, the Marquette girls won their regional meet uh, Danica Walters of Spear Central won two events, at the D3 meet it was basically a big day of track and uh, for those who don't know the um, if you read my article, shameless plug in the journal today, uh, you, it, the regionals are about just getting as many kids as you can into the UP track finals. I mean, yeah, if you win the meet, it's great, but, you know, it's to get as many kids as you can and get enough qualifying times. I mean, yeah, if you win, great, but they're like, every coach there is like, meh. <laughs> you know, it's like it's all about getting as many kids to the UP track finals, which are coming up in just a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it's really going to get crazy in the high school sports scene. You've got that, as you mentioned. You've got softball, baseball, post-seasons are going to heat up. And we're going to get some coaching announcements here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, um, I know Ishming's, uh trying to figure out their football coach. That's going to be announced sometime next week, I know, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Westwood's Bas- boys' basketball coach, they're looking at that. you got Ishming boys' basketball Basketball coach, a lot of lot of coach openings, including Nmu basketball. Yes, as of a couple of days ago, we have the head coach and his top assistant both departing for other jobs. The whole coaching staff, because Terry Nash joined Charles right. Belt in Missouri. So right now, there's nobody at the helm of the Nmu men's <laughs> basketball team. If you go to their website right now, and it says men's coaching, no no people are listed. So it's going to be interesting next year. Whole new coaching you know, group, uh, I'm interested to see what they get. You know, if you read my story the other day at, uh, forest car has some guys in mind for the job. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to tr- look at making a, a coaching hire as soon as possible. They're trying to get into some recruiting season, you yep. know, summer and spring are the big times for basketball. And they, uh, so they'll probably hire someone as soon as they can. But, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. I, um, Bill seemed really happy here, but I guess, uh, it was a great opportunity to coach his alma mater. So.
0: I mean, you get the chance to go back home and do what you love. It's hard to pass up for a lot of guys, and I know why he did it. We're going to miss him. We're working on getting Bill here on the show next week because I want to find out about the recruits. They already had
1: a pretty good class coming in. I wonder what happens with a lot of those guys. Yeah, and uh, and to just say, hey, you know, thanks for coming, <laughs> but I'm leaving town. I mean, I know he did it, and he's very happy where he's going, and it's his alma mater, and I think it's where his family's around the Grand Rapids area. And uh, he's... You know, it's just a good fit for him. At first, I thought it was a step down because Calvin's D three, mm-hmm. not D two. But I hear that they're trying to climb into D two, and uh, they have a really nice basketball arena, makes it easy to recruit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if he can, if they manage to get up to D two, he could actually put together a better program. And it's amazing what a better arena actually can do for oh, recruiting. Yeah, yeah Van so. Nord
0: down <laughs> there is fantastic. They host the high school girls' final four there.
1: Yeah, so it's uh it's a good situation. It was a surprise, but it's a good situation for
0: him. Well, I tell you what, coming up over the course of the next hour, we have got the NBA, the NHL to break down. If we have time, we might play what he looks like again. A little levitard action. And then, of course, the Friday funnies to end the week. But first, let's start with the NBA, because the Warriors didn't so much as win Game 2 last night as Portland much as it. Portland blew
1: it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's... You know Portland's known for like coming through mm-hmm. and get, they're known for making the comebacks. Mm-hmm. That's what they've done in these playoffs. And then they let the Warriors get a win that they probably shouldn't have last no. night.
0: No. No, Warriors win it 114 to 111. They take a 2-0 series lead despite A barrage from behind the arc. Portland made 18 three-pointers, nine for Golden State. Golden State trailed by 15 points at the half, but Steph Curry was on 27 points. Klay Thompson had 24. They are just flat-out better than the opposing backcourt. You thought maybe these are the two best backcourts left in the playoffs And one of them is clearly head and shoulders better than the other. McCullum and Lillard combined for 45 points, but they both went scoreless in the final four minutes and 20 seconds of that game. And Lillard didn't score in the final seven minutes.
1: It's it's interesting how that turned around because those two had been playing so well in the postseason. And now they're down (laughs) 0-2. And now they have to win four games. <laughs> they have five games to potentially get out of the series, and they have to win four of them mm-hmm. against arguably the most talented team in the playoffs. It's not going to be an easy task. I was hoping they'd do it because I've always had a soft spot for Portland. Mm-hmm. It's the only pro franchise of the four major in Oregon. So it's <laughs> kind, of, kind of a fun little thing. And uh, But it's just... I think it's also frustrating because Durant's out right now. Yeah. So this could have been an opportunity for them. And instead, they let a game escape from them. And now instead of being 1-1, they're now 0-2. Well,
0: and Durant's not going to come back for the rest of this series. And I, I don't know if that's medical. I feel like he could come back for game 5, 6, or 7 if needed. I feel like they're just resting him because they know he's going to be more valuable in the finals.
1: And they're going to get through without him. That's probably the case. But, at, you know, it's... I don't think I've ever seen I, I I don't I've never seen a team just completely rest a guy the entire series. <laughs> a bit like
0: this old version of the Warriors. I have never seen an athlete who gets treated the way that Kevin Durant does with Golden State. He leaves everything out on the floor. He's arguably the best player in the world and he's playing his heart out to the point where he's injuring himself for a fan base that wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire.
1: Yeah, it's uh... Golden State fans have gotten so used to winning. It's like, (laughs) you know, they'll shrug it off. Honestly, I think if they lose in the postseason, it's not going to be that big of a deal to them. You know, they've won, what, three titles in four years. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's becoming a routine for them. It would be a surprise if they didn't win it, but uh, I think they would just be like, oh, okay. And not like it would be a mourning period, like it would be in Boston.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, we have some notes on Boston here coming up in the second segment, but... The Warriors and Blazers, it was the second largest comeback in Golden State playoff history. The only one greater was when they trailed the Spurs by 20 back in the 2017 Western Conference Finals. It was the largest blown playoff lead in Portland history.
1: Well, <laughs> how about that? Yeah, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, not a big sample size sh- for yeah, Portland. Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, Two uh, NBA titles bids. Um, uh, probably should have won another one in there and uh, should have gotten past in 2000. That's just <laughs> my opinion. But uh, yeah, I just, a complete flop in the second half by Portland. Like well, I surprised. tell you what,
0: since Steve Kerr took over as a Warriors head coach, his team has come back from 15 points down in the playoffs nine times in five years. They have a 9-17 and record when trailing by 15 in playoff games. The rest of the league combined during that stretch has a win percentage of 0. .048 in that same
1: stretch. It says a lot, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I, I, I would rank Steve Kerr as probably one of the best Arguably one of the best coaches in the league. And Uh, the thing is, he's not going to get
0: credited for that success, largely because the group that he has, similar to Kevin Durant. A lot of people think his rings come with an asterisk because they attribute it to the talent he paired himself with.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you you created a super team instead of kind of creating your own path. That was the stigma attached to uh, LeBron for a stretch when he was with the Heat. I. I know, I, I like Steve Kerr a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of ego on that team. I do think they, he's a good coach. Yeah, you have to be able to manage that to be effective. There's a lot of coaches who get to the NBA and can't do anything because no. you know, they're they're so overpowered by the players and uh you know, I, I was talking with this actually with my boss last night. We were mm-hmm. talking about it'd be interesting to see how John Beeline handles the NBA. Yeah. Because in the NBA for many good teams the players run the team. Mm -hmm. The coach is like kind of there to be a supervisor (laughs) and not really like the Lakers. Yeah. You know, it's not really, he's the guy in charge and you know, college coaches, that's their thing. They're control freaks. Mm -hmm. Like that's, they're in charge of everything. The players have no say. Well, now the players have more say than the coach does. Maybe not in some bad teams, Mm -hmm. but like, like if you're taking over a good team, NBA team, you have no say. Greg Vogel has yeah, no say over yeah, LeBron yeah, right now. Yeah, the Lakers aren't gonna have a say. I mean, like, let's say I mean Steve Kerr has a lot of power because they respect him. Yeah. But like, let's say he retires or something <clears> like that. You think the new guy is gonna get you any think respect? They're gonna go back to Byron Scott? Yeah. Is that no, that was the Lakers, wasn't yeah. Yeah, it? Was Lakers. Was yeah. Mark Jackson was the way that's what I was thinking of. I mean, Mark they're, Jackson. They're not gonna give him any respect. It's just <laughs> you bring gotta Ty be Lue? Yeah. We're actually talking it's like do you think if Ta- if Izzo were to have gone to the NBA? Mm-hmm. Like if he flirted with those teams, if he had gone, would he have been able to be successful? And it's like I don't think so, primarily based on his style. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom, as we saw in these tournament games, is an intense guy and likes to get in this face of players and that's not gonna go over well in the NBA. No. The NBA will probably a lot of players would tell you to shut up and go because <laughs> it's like they're better right? than the capable that you have in college. So it's like I'm wondering how Beeline's going to do. I think he'll be able to adapt it better because he's more of a laid back guy. He's mm-hmm. more of a go with the flow. I can, and he's known for building up teams, you know. Whereas Izzo's much more fiery, and I don't think he would have translated it well.
0: Izzo's in a good spot where oh he yeah is. he's
1: very well in a good spot and he's happy and but.
0: Beeline was too but really it was an or never choice and if things don't work out for him in the NBA he's old enough he can just retire if it does work out I mean you accomplished your dream you're an NBA coach I do think this is the best situation for him because they have a really young team in Cleveland there's no superstar that really can pull rank on Beeline and he he's can a try teacher to build something. yeah he's a teacher he's a guy that builds up talent. I'm I'm hoping things work out well uh for him up there. But you're right, there's just not that many coaches who can garner the respect of uh superstar players other than Popovich, Steve Kerr, and I'd say Mike Budenholzer seems to have accomplished
1: that in Milwaukee. Yeah, very much so. And you know, you could throw out Phil Phil Jackson back in the day, yeah, you he know. Could. He he knew how to manage egos <laughs> pretty Last well. Last year's Celtics with Brad Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe know. if
0: Kyrie leaves he can have that again.
1: Yeah but uh you know there's only like a handful out there and uh i think his just his mantra of just building something and teaching rather than yelling <laughs> you know and not having control of over every little aspect you know respecting his players enough i think he has a chance problem is he's with dan gilbert as an mm-hmm. owner and dan gilbert is not an effective owner. I mean, yeah, he got no. Le- he got LeBron back and he got his title, but the Cavs aren't the same.
0: He's about the worst executive that you could coach under because he goes through coaches like Tissue. He doesn't give you time to build something up.
1: No. He's he wants to impe- win right away, and it's your fault if it doesn't happen. Well, he isn't sure to quicken loans, so. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, like, he's hardcore about that. <laughs> hey, man, you're not playing your loans on time. <laughs>
0: (laughs) I tell you what, before we go to break, Raptors and Bucks tonight, Game 2 at the Pfizer Forum. You can hear it here on ESPN. UP will have the ESPN radio broadcast. Pre-game coverage begins at 8. Tip-off is set for 8.30. I think Milwaukee's going to blow them out tonight. I think it's not going to be close, and Milwaukee wins this one, takes a 2-0 series lead. Really? I do. I think that they saw Toronto's best punch the other night. Kawhi didn't have a good fourth quarter. He still had 31. Lowry played probably about as well as he could. And Giannis, despite having a double-double, he had a good game, 24-14. and 14. He wasn't the reason the Bucks beat the Raptors. Brooke Lopez was. And their bench, their depth, is just flat-out better than Toronto's is. It showed itself largely during the Boston series It didn't need to in the Detroit series. All that
1: taken into effect... I think that they're going to blow out Toronto tonight. Really? I, I feel like it's going to be a closer game. I think Milwaukee's... And you, part of me thinks Toronto might steal one tonight. I just don't see how. You I don't? don't know
0: if Kawhi is going to do much better than 31, and Lowry's certainly not going to have the game he did again. Okay. I don't know who the other guy is at steps. So I'm
1: not trusting Pascal Siakam to do it. Hmm. I think Milwaukee will have an off game. In this they series. will
0: at some point. I mean, Toronto's yeah. not going to get swept. They're a good team. <laughs> yeah, I still think so, Bucks and Six. I, I think
1: the Bucks are going to come out on top, but I, I don't know. Some people are saying, "Well, now Milwaukee's just going to roll over them," I and it's like, no, it's going to be a competitive series. It will, especially when it gets back to Canada. Right, <laughs> right. I don't Dr- think it be Drake, a sweet And mind. Drake is in attendance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got a Drake note coming up here in a little bit too. But first, we owe you a timeout. When we come back, Stanley Cup playoff recap and preview plus. Is Boston the best sports city in the world right now? One might have a case to say no. That's next in the Sports Pen and ESPN-UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: We Welcome you back to the Sports Pan on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig, with you. Monday we'll have a guest joining us on the ESPN UP phone line. Greg Raymer, the Fossil Man, 2004 World Series of Poker champion, will join us, and he'll give us some thoughts on what he's been up to lately. He's an author of a new book. Grew up in Lansing. A lot of Michigan people know him, especially if you follow poker, which I try to. I'm not very good at it, but uh. There's a story to tell you with that, but we'll save it for off the air. Uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. At least the West is competitive.
1: And you got a Coyotes jersey on. Huh? I
0: do. I told you I was going to wear yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: got the uh, 90s version. 1990s Coyotes. It's, yeah. Coyotes. Uh, it it was an interesting jersey they had that back in the day. I like this logo. <clears throat> a
0: yeah. lot of these hockey teams need to go back to their '90s style
1: jerseys. I, you know, you can make the case for a lot of those. I mean, the Islanders jersey got a lot of hate, and I don't mm-hmm. understand it because it's like I think it's a lot better than that whatever <laughs> conglomerate Long Island. Hockey, Where they stick. don't even play. Half yeah, their home yeah, games. exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, go back to the fisherman one. But yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of good '90s jerseys. I'm still angry that the Pistons went away from mm. their teal ones. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my I agree first with you.
0: NBA jersey was a teal Pistons Grant Hill jersey.
1: Really? Yeah, I got it for my birthday. I think when I was eight. Not my first jersey, but I got a reversible Grant Hill Hey, there jersey. you go. That was like my favorite jersey because it's like, oh, I want to wear the white one today. Now I can flip <laughs> it around and I can wear the teal one. It was, it was, it was a great thing. I love that jersey. Uh,
0: I tell you what, Rangers had cool 90s uniforms. And I don't know if they're cool. They were different. The Washington Capitals back when Ovechkin was drafted, that was mid-2000s.
1: Yeah. Different I, the, color scheme, mean too. The Eagle yeah. kind of thing, their first trip to the Cup Finals, mm-hmm. where they got swept by Detroit. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I like that jersey. I mean, it just, you know, if you're going to make a jersey switch, unless the reception is so atrocious, it's like, why don't you stick with that for a while? It's like changing your logo frequently and changing your merchandise. It just, it looks like, looks really pathetic it's Mm -hmm. like we're so desperate for marketing that we're just gonna overhaul everything it's just a mess florida panthers old jersey
0: maybe had a little work to be done i don't like the new logo looks like a soccer badge that's what i thought yeah Yeah. uh hartford whalers were cool california golden seals way back in the day. way
1: way back there i
0: liked the minnesota north stars jerseys a lot
1: oh they were classic they were really cool I, i i miss those jerseys uh they had the Golden Seals. I mean, <laughs> there's so many wacky uh, old hockey teams. I mean, there's the Kansas City Scouts yes. and the Cleveland Barons. And, like. Um, That's there's where a, the Seals moved. Cleveland yeah. became the Barons. And then the Barons moved somewhere else. I can't remember they, where they were. They became the
0: Wild. They later, I think, suspended operations and then eventually became the Minnesota franchise. Oh.
1: Interesting. Yeah. But uh, just. Yeah, just a lot of crazy teams, and I'm intrigued to see what Seattle's going to do. Like, because right now they have a um, WHL team, uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, which has a really cool logo, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if they're just going to promote that team name up at the NHL, because that's what the Panthers did down in Florida. That was like their minor league team, and they're like, all right, we'll just make the NHL team that way. So I'm wondering if they're going to do, they've been throwing a lot of names, I'm wondering what their color scheme's going to be, so... That's kind of a fun anticipation thing. Too.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing what they're like, and I assume there's going to be a, well, maybe a team that
1: relocates in the near future. There's a lot that Well, Quebec happen. City is trying desperately they to get one. They are. They're trying their darndest. It's... And right now the Canadian dollar is just not good enough to support it. And Betman's adamant he doesn't want another team <laughs> in up in Canada, which is funny because it's like they'd sell out every game. They would. Yeah, and it's like because Canada's so obsessed with it, but... Uh, it's all about money with Gary, and, uh, well, I'm glad he eventually decided to go to Seattle, but it's just, I don't know. But, I tell you what,
0: the Bruins take the series 4 nothing with a 4 nothing win over Carolina last night. It is the third time ever Boston has swept an Eastern Conference Final 1990 and 2013,
1: being the other years. Carolina was just flat out outmatched in this series. I think it was just, Boston was the better team, and I think, there, there were two games that Carolina kind of blew and mm-hmm. had they won those, this would have been, they'd look a lot better but uh, they looked really bad in game two, they should have won, I think they should have won game one they probably should have won game three and it was just, they just couldn't get the wins they couldn't finish the job and that was frustrating because carolina's been fun to watch the entire playoffs they they were the storyline of the east you know it's like look they upset washington they rolled through the islanders it's like they're a mediocre team at best but is this their year maybe such a fan base <laughs> it's, behind yeah them. it's like is the whole mantra this fun-loving atmosphere the whole jerks merchandise is that going to push them to the title Eventually, that wasn't the case, but uh, I—they it, it, were fun to watch. I loved their run that they made, and uh, my wife was pulling for them really hard. And uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people you know who went to Hockeyville who became like minor Carolina fans because <laughs> they came up here and played. So uh, I'm sure that was fun for those people too.
0: Well, I tell you what, Boston is just playing so well right now, largely because of their special teams. Their power play is scoring on about every third. Uh, extra advantage. And in that series alone with Carolina, what were they? 40%? That's
1: insane. That's unreal. That kind of is the big stat that, uh, and if your power play is effective, you know, it's just, you got that locked in. That's your, that's what's going to push you. And Tuka Rask had a great series, pitched a shutout last night, and he, uh, he was effective. It's just, the Bruins are the team to beat now. Mm -hmm. I just, um, the Sharks have their flaws. Um, they had a lot of veterans, you know, a lot of experience there. I don't trust Martin Jones. (laughs) Um, he's very, very inconsistent. You know, I think Carolina's flaws also is Peter Morazic and Mm -hmm. Curtis. were not going to win you a Stanley cup. And, uh, I mean, I like Curtis a lot. It's just, you know... It's, this was about his
0: last shot, too. Curtis yeah.
1: McElhaney's 36 years old. Yeah, I mean, unless he, like, becomes a backup at, like, a legit contender or right. something like that. And then I, the Blues are notorious for not winning series. They just don't they, know how to do it. Yeah, they don't ever finish the job. They haven't made the Cup Finals since the 70s, and it's just... You know, they're, they've had the team, they've mm-hmm. had the capability, but they just don't get it done. So it's like the best team overall is of the four that were left is in the Stanley Cup Final. Now it's, you know, who is going to put up the best fight against mm-hmm. Boston. A lot of people are thinking Boston's just going to roll the cup. I don't know if that's the case, you know, completely, because Boston... Also sometimes doesn't get it done, especially when they get to the cup finals. You were talking about nineteen ninety, they lost to the Oilers yep. two thousand thirteen, lost to the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. had a lead in game six, blew it, and that's what ended up winning the cup for Chicago. So it's I don't know, it's I you know, it's the whole Boston mantra that they're so successful, just the city with their teams, but it isn't always necessarily the case. And uh that could I it's just San Jose needs to get their act together and so the Blues.
0: If Boston is going to roll over in this series, it's going to be because of Tuka Rask. Because he is the best player left in the playoffs right now. Arguably, Logan Couture might be the only one who could hold a candle to him. Maybe Bergeron. Eh, maybe, but I still think Rask has more to do with this team's success. And if he plays the way he did in the Eastern Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup Final, Boston's winning it in five.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's he's that good right now. The thing is, is Tuka's also a head case. Yeah, so he is. It's like so. If you can like just light him up, if like the Sharks or the Blues get in there and just like game one, they just pound him and like get like five, six goals past him. You wonder if he'll bounce back from that because, I mean, he flips out. Like if he's having a bad game, he's throwing his stick all yeah. over the place. So it's like if you can get in his head, like maybe from the start, you can like gain some momentum. So that would be the thing.
0: Tell you what, here I'll throw a few stats at you. Boston is entering the Stanley Cup Finals on a seven game winning streak. That is tied for third all time, along with the 1992 Penguins, the 1978 Canadians, and the 1972 version of the Boston Bruins, all of which won the Cup. The only two teams that have been on greater winning streaks entering the Stanley Cup Final did not win the Cup. The 1992 Blackhawks, they had won 11 straight entering the finals, lost to the Penguins that year. And the 1969 St. Louis
1: Blues had won eight in a row entering the cup,
0: and neither lost of them the won San- it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and lost in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's uh, So the teams that you listed earlier are like dynasty teams that mm-hmm. are well-remembered and very, very good. And then the other teams are kind of like forgettable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 92 Blackhawks weren't bad, but they just got steamrolled by they the did. Penguins. It was just like... So maybe if you if you reach the point where the Bruins if they stop where they're at that means there's a sign they're going to win the cup. If they keep winning, well, guess what? <laughs> no, now it's done.
0: So So the city of Boston will now appear in 18 of the four major pro sport championships since 2001. 18 appearances between the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins and Who's the last? Red Sox, right? Did I say Red Sox? No, you said Patriots. Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins. There we go. So 18 championship appearances since 2001 between those four. But if you include Major League Soccer, arguably the number five pro major sport, and the WNBA, they're up to 23 championship appearances since 2001. But there's a city that does beat them. Would you
1: have any idea who that is? Hmm... I'd have to think, I. <laughs> what like overall? I don't know. That's a tough one. Los Angeles yeah. would have
0: appeared in twenty four championships since two thousand one between football, basketball, baseball, soccer,
1: Lakers, hockey, Dodgers,
0: women's basketball.
1: Would you count ducks? Is they really? did not count Anaheim teams, in okay. this,
0: but Los Angeles has multiple teams in several sports, so yeah. you can put an Astros next.
1: Yeah, to it. you could throw the Angels in there. Maybe they didn't. They didn't for this. <laughs> so it's like I guess if you counted the Anaheim teams, it'd be even more bigger. Mm-hmm. So they um,
0: also excluded Bay Area teams.
1: Well, yeah, because yeah. it's a completely different area of the state, but. Uh, Boston's so spoiled. I, I just, <laughs> they've become such a detestable city. For I know days. it's like, and I know so many people in the hockey world are in Boston and they're so insu- They're great guys, but they're just insufferable on Twitter at this time of year. And ugh, the one bad. Boston team I wanted to win is going to be the one who doesn't this calendar year. So the Celtics, the Celtics, I would have been okay with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I hate Marshawn too much to actually want the Bruins to win. I don't like... I can't... Everybody knows I hate the Patriots. I can't stand Tom Brady. And uh, the Red Sox, it's like... I, when the Red Sox were in 2004, I was so happy for that series. Yeah. Because they love the Red Sox. It's like this long drought, all these curses and everything. And then it's like, okay, they won it in 07. Okay, they won it in 2013. Okay, they won it last year. It's like... Okay, go away now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the luster's
0: gone, but I tell you what, if I were a Boston-area sports fan, you know, for all teams, I would be just living this up because you are going to go through cold streaks as a city and a community. Live this up while you can. This is one of the prime eras for Boston sports.
1: You know, there's two questions. One of them I point out in my column this week. I write I about the NHL and the NBA playoffs, and I talk about how if if the Bruins win the Cup this year, are Boston fans going to just enjoy it? Are they going to just thumb their nose at everybody? Or, and I posed it yesterday, if this run of championships is going to end eventually for Boston, they're Mm going to go through a drought again. The Patriots, as soon as Tom Brady retires, is going to fall off. The Red Sox can't win it consistently over and over again. And it's like, it's going to end the drought. Are they going to look back on it and be like, wow, this is an incredible ride. Look how spoiled we were. Are they going to just start whining relentlessly?
0: I feel like they're going to be like Nebraska football fans and the Tom Osborne era just spoiled them.
1: Yeah. Just, they've just complained from nonstop. It's going to be uh, the
0: same way. And to answer your question earlier, are they going to enjoy a championship if the Bruins win or are they going to thumb their noses? I think since the Bruins haven't won many of them, same with the Celtics, they would probably enjoy it when the Patriots or Red Sox win, when they thumb their nose.
1: Yeah. I would say a little bit more in the in the former where they'll, like, enjoy it a little more. But I still think they're going to enjoy it. I mean, like I said, I know people in Boston, and they're they're DMing me all the time and, you know, teasing me because I'm from Minnesota and our teams are <laughs> awful. And just, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating.
0: Uh, real quick before we go to break, Game 4 in the West tonight, the Sharks visit the Blues. How will the officials give San Jose a win tonight?
1: Maybe they'll reverse it. You maybe think? maybe will be not make it obvious. Yeah, well, maybe there'll be a hand pass that the Blues make that'll somehow manage to get scored or something. <laughs> that was so bad. I mean, it was really bad. It's like, I mean, how did you think the puck got over there? Right. <laughs> there's no way it could have bounced there unless it deflected out. And it why is that doing. not reviewable? Yeah, and it's. I mean, there's so much stuff that is reviewable, and then there's stuff that isn't. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, what's the deal? Like, NHL? who says
0: it's not reviewable? Who said in the rules, when they first made that rule, what oh, yeah. you can't look at? Wh- why is that why not would reviewable? You, yeah,
1: why would you say, okay, we can't review this? Mm-hmm. It's like, Or maybe the logic is uh, b- the refs should have seen it. Mm-hmm. They should have. <laughs> yeah, and also maybe we don't need to review it. That's like the only thing I can think of that would make that non reviewable. But it was, I mean, you have four guys on the ice. Yeah. How does four guys right. notice that? I mean, yeah, the linesmen are there and they can't their job isn't to call mm-hmm. stuff, but they could still say, Hey, do you see that? <laughs> you know, like after the goal goes in, be like, hey, you know, that guy passed the ball the uh the ball passed the puck to that guy, so how many points does Logan Couture have tonight? Over
0: <sighs> under on two.
1: I actually think he gets two. He's been on fire
0: tonight. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, this whole series, this whole playoffs. I think he at least gets two. 14 goals for him, including the most important a couple of nights ago that sent the game to overtime, and Carlson would go on to win it. We owe you a timeout. We go to baseball next. We are a quarter of a way through the season. One team is on pace to set a historic record, but not the one you want. And that's next in the Sports Pen and espn Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports
1: Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner. Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Here's your sports center update. A Milwaukee radio station has announced that they will be taking a break from Drake until the NBA Finals. KISS 103.7 FM is observing a self-imposed ban of Drake music, while the Bucks are playing the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Makes sense. Drake is the ultimate super fan for the Raptors. Not always a good luck charm, but, you know, it, they make a point. The Memphis Tigers now have this year's top recruiting class in college basketball after landing Precious Achiwa, the 17th-ranked recruit out of high school this season. And finally, West Virginia has surpassed Mississippi as America's most obese state. West Virginia now the most obese state in America, according to a new report. Michigan is eighteenth, by the way. Not bad. Not bad. I uh West Virginia no surprise there. <laughs> I, it's uh, a little surprising to me. Really? Yeah, you don't think of that. They've got all those mountains and stuff you gotta climb.
1: Yeah, but that requires effort. And that's it's <laughs> not West Virginia's thing. I mean, if you ever notice like all these unhealthy states and uh lower bad at education, you know, they put like all these lists out each year. And West Virginia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, they're always the bottom, throw Arkansas in there too, they're always in the bottom five. And it's like no effort is being put in to actually climb out of the bottom five. That's the thing. It's like at least try to get better, you
0: know. Well, I tell you what, uh, we'll take a look at the MLB, a fourth of the way through the season where we stand, plus what he looks like. In the next 15 minutes. So if you're at a place where you need to look up pictures of sports authorities, if uh, if you want to play along with us, make sure you get there. Don't try to do it while you're driving. Uh, we're going to be doing that here in about 15 minutes, but we'll start with baseball. We're already a quarter of the way through the season. I can't believe that. I mean, we're, most teams have already gotten past the 40-game threshold. One of them is on pace to set a historically bad record. The Miami Marlins are 10-31 and at about the quarter mark of the season. If they continue on this trend, and we haven't even hit tanking season yet with the trade deadline, if this trend continues, they would be on pace to win less than 40 games. They would win 39.5 right now, which, you know, that'll average out somehow. That would be the worst in the modern era, worst in Major League
1: Baseball the record, 62 Mets, aren't they the record still? I think they are. Yeah, so. And 62. the 2019 Marlins are on base to be. Yeah, out. 62 and 100, I believe, is the worst record. So, yeah. And they haven't even started selling out yet. Like,
0: I don't know what pieces they have. They could move at the trade deadline. But, right. man, this team is even going to get worse down the stretch.
1: I mean, and the funny thing is the Orioles were so bad last year, mm-hmm. and the Marlins are actually topping them this year. And... I thought Derek Jeter was the guy. He said he had a plan, <laughs> unless his plan is to tank, it, like pull a Sixers kind of thing, and the process or something. Oh, I, man. I just, they're a mess, and uh, and you know, and I feel bad for fans down there because they got conned out of a ballpark that isn't mm-hmm. really that nice. No, um, I mean, Loria was such a jerk. <laughs> you know, while they were down there, and he just. <laughs> it's just they keep getting like kind of screwed over over mm-hmm. and over again i mean yeah they got two titles but it's like the team it's like here here's your championship we're gonna be bad for like <laughs> 10 years and we're
0: still gonna pay bobby Benilla what we're doing yeah, it. yeah
1: and it's just a waste man
0: i tell you what they may be the most historically bad team that baseball's ever seen by the end of it they are on pace to surpass last year's Orioles team, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. The Orioles aren't much better. Did you see their mishaps defensively? In yeah. one play last night against Cleveland, they had a chance for a double play ball. They throw it away twice and allow multiple runs to score.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I had that in one of my funnies. we will go into it quickly. Oh, good, yeah, good. J- Jason to uh, Jason the Indians, grounds the ball, second base. They try to tag out Francisco Lindor. They actually never make contact with him. They throw out to first. The throw is late, so the guy's safe at first. The run scores. So then Chris Davis tries to, you know, at least get an out on the play, throws at home to try to get Leonis Martin, who was on second base to begin with. He's chugging towards the home. The throw is late. They're safe there. So two runs scored on a ground ball that never even left the infield. (laughs) So yeah. I tell you what, as bad as they were defensively in that sequence,
0: I was listening to the twins last night. I was staying up late because they're on the West Coast playing in Seattle, and I knew Seattle has cooled off significantly. I couldn't believe that Mariner team started the year like eleven and two. And I had no idea how bad this Mariner team is defensively. There are high school teams that are making these plays that Seattle was not. Malik Smith flat out dropped a ball. Uh, High school kids, little leaguers are making that catch. Uh, Ground ball to first base. They don't even get the sure out. They try to go home and throw it away. They were just so bad defensively. They have 47 errors, according to MLB.com. That's 12 more than the team in second to last. (laughs) They are dead last in fielding percentage and total errors this year. I had no idea they were that bad defensively.
1: You know, and these are basic things, you know, mm-hmm. and you think when you get to the major league level, you're not making mistakes like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, this happens far too often with some teams. Like when you're putting together a franchise, did you like think, okay, we got guys who can hit, but <laughs> we, we don't need to field the ball. I mean, that's not, uh, that's not important. You know, like you get a bunch of Roger Dorns on the team. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, I feel like that's what they're going for. I tell you what,
0: uh, before we get to playing what he looks like, courtesy of the Levitard show, we are fourth of the way through the baseball season. Here's what the playoff picture looks like in both the AL and the NL. If the season ended today in the American League, Houston would host the winner of either Cleveland or New York. The Indians would visit the Yankees for the one-game wild card, which is amazing considering the injuries both those teams have dealt with. The winner would go on to play Houston, who'd have home field advantage. Minnesota and Tampa Bay would be in the other AL semifinal. Then, in the National League, the Brewers would host the wild card game. They would welcome Arizona. The winner would go on to take on the Dodgers. The Cubs would take on the Phillies in the other semi.
1: Interesting. Yeah, how about that? The
0: Thankfully. Twins are in the playoff picture, the Red Sox are not, Colorado's not.
1: Tampa Bay is in the playoff
0: picture. is.
1: <laughs> Which makes my wife happy, but like... Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, How did a, she become a Rays fan? There's a story there. <laughs> I, I guess, um, you know, she told me that uh, her grandfather, you know, was, it lived in Florida, and they would bond at Rays games, and that was kind of their, connect, their okay. connection there, and she has this... Huge love for Tropicana Field, and I joke with her and I'm like you're the only person in the country she really is. <laughs> who has a love for Tropicana Field. But uh, the bond is there for her, and uh, I'm happy that uh, she at least has a baseball team to back.
0: Well, I tell you what, before we get to the funnies, the Dan Levitard Show plays their what-he-looks-like game. They didn't really do it this afternoon, though. I always look forward to when Kirkton comes on on Fridays at 11 because that's when they play it. Dan was out today. They kind of skipped it this week, so we'll make it up for him. Played it before a few weeks ago, uh-huh. so uh, why not? Let's bring it back here before we go to the funnies. I got a few pictures on the monitor for you, Ryan. We'll, uh, we'll go along with it. Hopefully the audience will know a few of these guys or be able to look them up. Does Brett Brown look like the guy who does jersey swaps
1: with teenagers after a game of pickup basketball <laughs> at the YMCA? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I can see that. Uh, <laughs> Brett Brown looks like a guy who's going to be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Could yeah, be by like uh, next year. yeah, he's just you know, like he reminds you of a youth basketball coach that's like trying to inspire his kids, but can't <laughs> seem to get the job done. Takes
0: third grade basketball way, way too, too seriously. seriously.
1: Yes, does Daniel Jones look like the
0: overeager Jehovah's Witness who won't take no for an answer? <laughs>
1: Uh, i i can see that too like the guy who goes or like he tries to find you in the mall like when you're walking there around you and go. be like hey sir you know have you have you do you need a path in life or something like that and uh yeah are he, you he, missing something yeah are you missing something are, do you have a hole in your life that you need to be filled kind of a thing
0: does frank vogel look like the guy who has his own reserve stool at the bar at buffalo wild wings
1: Yes, and in that photo, he looks like, I can't believe what I'm getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he can yeah, either in real He has a shocked face on his, it's really funny. Uh, does Nick Nurse
0: look like the terrified bank manager who struggles to open the master safe <laughs> while the bank robber points a gun at him and says, you got one last chance, boss? Yes, and I also <laughs>
1: see him as like the cool hip bank teller, okay. you know, who knows your name and is like, takes his tries to find joy in a job that really isn't that fun.
0: (laughs) Does Tom Thibodeau look like the generic homicide detective in an action movie who's married to his job even though he hates it? And probably has a drinking problem.
1: (laughs) Well, just look at how he's looking at Like, in the photo, he's just like... Uh, pack of heaters in the I, chest pocket. It's like, you know, he's he's working nights, you know <laughs> Won't go home <laughs> Probably divorced, yeah
0: Does Stan Van Gundy look like the guy who refuses to wear sunscreen at the beach Because the sun can't hit a moving target?
1: Or the guy who wears too much sunscreen on the <laughs> beach You know, like All doesn't it does the, have it on the nose Yeah, that kind of thing,
0: yeah does Mike Budenholzer look like the Wall Street investor whose partner framed him for insider trading?
1: <laughs> you have the I don't have any oh, more okay. photos. Yeah I, I can, yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> Does Joe Girardi look like the hitman in every mobster movie? He looks like the guy who's, like, a street tough, you know, but not an effective hitman. <laughs> you know, like the guy who will eventually be arrested for failing to commit a hit on somebody.
0: The SWAT team member who's way too eager to yell clear once he gets inside a room. Yeah, Something like that. Mm-hmm. Does Eli Manning look like the MMA referee who gets kicked in the groin when trying to disqualify a fighter?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I don't see... It kind of does. <laughs> I, I don't see him being the MMA, though. I mean, I, I, I see him like... Maybe being a referee in like another sport and getting kicked in the nuts for trying to do so. Uh, you
0: could put Brad Stevens in. Yeah, there. maybe I, he'd look better in that yeah. part. Uh, does Doug Peterson look like the guy who's been using your Hulu account without you knowing for the past 14 months so he can watch Burn Notice?
1: Yes, <laughs> he and does. Probably some other be? bizarre show, like uh, I don't know, like uh, what's that one, like Nip Tuck or something
0: like that? <laughs> Hawaii Five O? Yeah, something like that. Does Freddy Kit last one? Does Freddie Kitchens look like he's been lost, wandering around the local Home Depot for two hours, trying to
1: find like the wrenches and just probably, <laughs> or just goes there to hang out? Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. He's 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 too classy for Menards or something like that. Think Gars. Yeah. Do they have bomb guards up here? I don't think. No, we got yeah, an Iowa thing. Uh, there's a Lowe's down the street. A lo- okay,
0: that could yeah. be. Maybe bomb Gars is an Iowa thing. I never thought about that.
1: It probably is. I but, haven't needed to come or, or to Gards, he, he so I haven't noticed one he doesn't think he's good enough for Lowe's, so he <laughs> settles for Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what he
0: looks like, as played on the Dan Levitard show. We owe you our last time out. Friday Funny's next to finish off the week in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk
1: show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just search up ESPN-UP. With that app, you can hear ESPN radio all the day long, including Bucks basketball this evening taking on Toronto in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals again pregame at 8 Tip-off set for 8.30. It is time for the Friday Funnies to finish
1: out our work week. Ryan, what have you had this week? Well, we talked about it during the break. Uh, The minor league baseball announcer who made the catch. I'm glad you're bringing this one up. Yeah, fall ball went back in in the press box, made a nice catch, and decided just to really hype up his own abilities. I mean, the guy goes, I made the catch on the fall ball. I'm very proud of myself. I, and that's
0: where he lost. Like, it was cool. He stayed with the play and made
1: the catch, and he still was calling the
0: action. The ball goes into the press and box he just, and he catches it, but then he was
1: spazzing out afterwards. And then that's he, like, like focused the entire thing on himself. Uh, I hope somebody got video of that, because I, I caught it on the fly. <laughs> Boy, I am impressive. What a play by me. That's where he just
0: needs to <laughs> It's
1: like, okay, stop. you made a nice catch, but
0: it's like it's not like, no. I'm glad you brought that one up, because I went home over lunch, and I brought this in. Can't see it, if you're listening. But this is a baseball from my summer last year with the Northwoods League. Ball came into the press box while I was calling a game in Eau Claire. It is the most terrifying press box I've ever had to be because it's above the protective netting and foul balls just come rocketing in there with a laser. They did not catch it on camera. Unfortunately, you can hear the other broadcaster, the Eau Claire home game broadcaster, asking someone to bring the Duluth broadcast team a change of shorts. That was that was it. I didn't get Sports Center. I didn't get anything, but I still got the ball and I keep it on my nightstand. It's... Here with me in the studio, though, right now. You
1: should have hyped yourself up a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I handled that professionally. Like, there you go. There you go. Um, Ke- Ian Kensler, no Tigers boy. fans are well aware of him, uh, decided to have a bizarre celebration. He's having a bad year. He's yeah. adding 175 with a 233 on base percentage. He hits a home run the other day, does the bad flip. Okay. <laughs> You're having an awful year, Ian. And then uh, decides to get after he crosses his home plate, yells in the direction of the fans, F all of you. Okay? Now Come he on. tried to explain that this was directed to his teammates, and this is an inside joke. And it's like, okay, then why weren't you looking at the dugout? <laughs> why are you looking in the stands when you're saying it? It's like, so he's not well-liked in San Diego right no. now so but uh that's that worse
0: w- than ron burgundy when they changed the teleprompter
1: on him yeah um, go explicitly. Yourself, yourself san, san diego, diego where he uh then wandered the streets mm-hmm. drinking milk he was in a glass case of emotion Listen, yeah grumpy old man mike francesa you mm. know him from w Wfa- yep. wfan fell asleep on the air for <laughs> at least the third time in his career Now, I understand the topic wasn't exactly interesting. A caller was coming in and talking about how boring baseball can be. But to just nod off in the (laughs) middle of the show, he's, he's done that at least three times, probably much more than that. And he just, I mean, if you're reaching the point in your career where you're actually falling asleep on the job maybe it's time to hang up, the, you know, put away the microphone or something. You know, I hope he's not narcoleptic, uh, otherwise yeah. I'm going to
0: feel bad for laughing.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's it's kind of sad, Mike. It's like you've been caught on tape doing this three times at least. <laughs> so might want to think about uh, ending it there. We talked about the Orioles-Indians incident. Mm. In there. Um, here's Nick Kuros. He's a, a tennis player out of Australia, mm. known for his tantrums, and he put on a pretty epic one at the italian open um he per- He previously said in an interview that he doesn't put these the least amount of effort he doesn't he um doesn't really want to go to matches uh just rather stay at home and play basketball and play video games. His meltdown was he yells at the fans because he felt like they were moving and distracting his serve. This is a code violation. He already has one earlier, so now it's a penalty on him. He chucks the racket down. You can see it on YouTube. Chucks his racket down, kicks a water bottle off <laughs> off his chair, and then throws his chair to center court. This is like all Bob Knight at this point. <laughs> and then screams, I'm effing done, and walks off the court in the middle of the match. It's like you mix McEnroe and Bobby Knight. Yeah. And uh, just, that's a meltdown to be proud of, you know? It's like when <laughs> managers lose their minds up on the field with umpires. It was It was something to behold. I've seen the clip several times now, and I'm just like, wow. For a guy who doesn't really get up for tennis matches, like he says, it's like, you're pretty intense, dude. But uh, have you seen how there's people who can act like animals? Like, not just, like, imitate sounds, but there's now uh, a norwegian woman who can run and jump like a horse mm. like run on all fours like legitimately, like that movie split where uh, james <laughs> mcavoy is running around like a beast this Lady is really good at it. Like she can trot like a horse. She cleared a picnic table jumping. <laughs> like it was actually really impressive to watch. And there's she's like not the only person who did that. Apparently Steve Harvey on the show Little Big Shots had hmm. someone who can do it too. So there's people out there who can act and and athletically be like a horse. So there's your funny for a day. Wow. So yeah. So <laughs> Maybe there's people up here who can act like a horse. (laughs) I wish I knew. Guy on the field, those are always fun. Mm. Um, At a Braves game, the thing is that is emphasized over and over. If you're going to do this, constantly run, don't (laughs) stop, and make sure you can get out. You know, you have an exit strategy, because there's guys who've done it effectively and ran and found an opening in yep. the back of the stands and jump over, and they're fine. This guy ran to home plate, got cornered, and a security guard, like, sacks him, like, levels him into the ground, and it's like, come on, man. You, you did the running around, but then you backed yourself into a corner, and it's like... A flawed strategy. You got to be better than that. Oh, I think, think I was. I was
0: watching a Timberwolves game in like 2004, and in the last minute, a woman came down on the court and tried to kiss Wally Zerbiak. He was still playing with the team at the time. Well, and she got arrested. No exit strategy. No. Nothing.
1: I mean, you got to find. I mean, if you're going to go that route, if you're <laughs> actually going to get physical with someone, then you really need to make sure you have an exit <laughs> strategy. Wasn't there a, like the College World Series? Yep. Wasn't there that some lady tried to do that the Arizona game? She was grabbing all the outfielders' backsides. Yeah. Mm. Okay then, <laughs> I guess whatever you know floats your boat. Uh, backyard baseball. We got two left. Freddie Freeman. Mm. Have you seen this clip? It's no. quite funny. So is he's playing like baseball with his kid, you know, and, you know, he throws an underhand thing and his kid hits the ball, and he runs around the bases, and he pretends to tag him, you know, it's fun that fathers and sons do. Well, his son decides to pitch a ball to him, and Freddie Freeman just tees off on <laughs> it, and the ball goes sailing, it's probably gone like 400 feet, and uh, he, he does a minor bat flip <laughs> as he does and people are saying, come on, kid, <laughs> control your pitches, your motions off, and it's all in good fun. But then they showed a photo, a video of um his wife took. The kid, like, the next day is in the basement doing batting practice <laughs> trying to show up his dad <laughs> <laughs> to play. It was really, really funny. And uh, so kids are great when they play sports. But we got to end with Vlad- Vladimir Putin. Oh, boy. um, That's been going. He scored eight goals. <laughs> in an exhibition hockey game in Russia, insists that he scored nine. Officially in the books, it's eight. Um, And people are talking about, wow, he still has it. And it's like, who, what goalie is going to try to make a save on Vladimir Could you Putin?
0: imagine calling that game on the radio? Odd Man Rush, Putin's got it, skating up the right wing boards, sets up for the shot, goalie remembers he has a family, shoots and scores! A- yeah. Putin <laughs> hits I'm, the uh, back of the net.
1: I'm, I'm worried about my life. Or they had this one guy who could have leveled him with a hit <laughs> like and stopped the rush. And then he immediately backed up. They didn't want to go live in Siberia. (laughs) Yeah, he's not going to gulag. I don't want to spend the rest of my days there. So, yeah, considering with the crazy stuff that he uh, orders while he's over in in Russia, yeah, it was probably a smart decision. He looks good because he scored a lot of goals, but you got to keep that in mind. Is there video of him
0: scoring that or is this like Kim Jong-un where he says he once did... Hit like a
1: hundred home I, runs and what, or scored a hundred goals in one soccer I game. don't see the actual video of him scoring. There's videos of him waving mm-hmm. at the crowd and then biffing it. <laughs> he's he's going around in a circle, waving to the crowd. There's a red carpet which was on there for when he comes onto the ice mm-hmm. and isn't watching, trips over it and falls face first into the ice. That was kind of funny. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like after being all proud of himself for scoring eight goals against guys who refuse to play defense against him. Because <laughs> they love their family. Yeah, they they, they care about their lives <laughs> and their well being. So uh but yeah, that that's a good way to end it with. Uh, I tell you what, we're out of time, perfectly timed. And that is it for us
0: in the sports pen. It is time for the weekend. Appreciate you as always, Ryan. And if you want anything that you want to plug, I know you had a little one earlier. <laughs> anything else from the journal?
1: Well, I got uh, my column this week. I talk about the NHL playoffs, and the NBA playoffs. Now the NBA playoffs are actually almost, almost as equal to the NHL playoffs, and in how interesting they are this year. And it's nice to see. And then uh, I'll be at the tennis match out in Nagani tomorrow. And uh, but. That's kind of it. <laughs> it's kind of a lighter weekend. So,
0: yeah. That is it for us in the sports pen. Go out and enjoy the weather. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, I'm back on Monday, same time and same place. Until then, for Ryan Steeg, I'm Tanner Hoops on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishbaming Marquette.